Before we begin, please note that multiple and sometimes conflicting pronunciations of some Native American names were discovered as part of research for this series. Every effort has been made to pronounce these names as respectfully as possible. Please also know that the DAR Continental Congress approved the American Indians Committee in 1936, and the National Society continues to follow the lead of the federal government in retaining that terminology. For example, the Bureau of Indian Affairs and the Museum of the American Indian. The Our Patriots Podcast honoring the men and women who achieved American independence and taken from the pages of American Spirit, the Daughters of the American Revolution's award-winning magazine. Ebenezer Zane, Trailblazer of the Frontier, by Lena Anthony and appearing in the July-August 2017 edition of American Spirit magazine. In the fall of 1768, the Treaty of Fort Stanwix formally established a new boundary between the colonies and American Indian territory. Previously, the Eastern Continental Divide, the new limit for colonial expansion, was set at the Ohio River. The following year, the first colonial explorers arrived to the northwesternmost frontier. Ebenezer Zane, a surveyor, along with his brothers Silas and Jonathan, set out from his home some 180 miles away in the Virginia colony, navigated the deep, unforgiving wilderness of the Allegheny Mountains, and laid claim to lands where Wheeling Creek and the Ohio River converge in present-day Wheeling, West Virginia. By 1774, he relocated his family, which also included another brother, Isaac, and sister, Betty, and helped to establish a fort there, creating not only a settlement, but also an enduring legacy of heroism and hard work struggle, and survival. Little is known about Zane, but the name lives on in present-day people, places, and stories. Fortifying the Frontier Records confirming the date of Zane's arrival in Wheeling don't exist. But by the time George Washington surveyed the area in October of 1770, it seems the Zane brothers had already been there. Quote, We were told by the Indians with us that Three men from Virginia had marked the land from hence, Washington wrote as part of his remarks and occurrences in October of 1770. Based on Washington's description, Zane had already scooped up thousands of acres in and around Wheeling. In 1774, the area was embroiled in Lord Dunmore's War, a conflict between the Virginia colony and the Shawnee and Mingo American Indians and the nascent settlement required protection. At the suggestion of leaders at nearby Fort Pitt and with the approval of the royal governor of Virginia, Fort Fincastle was constructed. Later named Fort Henry for Patrick Henry, Fort Fincastle was, quote, built out of necessity, explained Richard Klein and Alan Cooper in the Fort Henry Story, an article published by the Fort Henry Bicentennial Committee in 1982. Quote, it was not erected by any specific plan or design, but was one of a number of similar forts built to protect settlers on the frontier in the middle years of the 1770s. Supposedly built about 50 feet from Ebenezer Zane's blockhouse, Fort Henry was situated on about half an acre in present-day downtown Wheeling. Small in size, the fort derived its defensive power from its location. The fort was defended on three sides by the topography, according to the Fort Henry story, On the south and west or river sides, the bluff would have prevented or greatly hindered assaults. 
On the north, the ravine would have done about the same. The only level ingress would have been from the east. And thus, Zane's blockhouse would have represented protection for the entrance since attackers would have had to pass by it to attack the fort and thus would have been caught in a crossfire between the fort and the blockhouse. The Frontier and American Independence Fort Henry sought two major skirmishes during the American Revolution. The first siege of Fort Henry took place in 1777, when Shawnee, Mingo, and Wyandotte tribes attacked the frontier settlement. The second siege of Fort Henry took place in 1782, when British forces joined the American Indian tribes in fighting the colonists. Zane reported what happened in a September 14, 1782 letter to William Irvine, a brigadier general in the Continental Army and commander of the Army's Western Department at Fort Pitt. According to this account, a force consisting of a British captain, 40 regular soldiers, and 260 American Indians made four attempts to storm the fort in two days, but to no avail. The enemy retreated. Brother Silas, not Ebenezer, was likely commander of the fort at that time, but because of Ebenezer's centrally situated blockhouse, historians agree that he probably played an instrumental role in fighting off the enemy. A legend in the making. Ebenezer's younger sister, Betty, was also thought to have received her patriot stripes during this battle, as Charles Winkerter describes in History of Greater Wheeling and Vicinity, published by the Lewis Publishing Company in 1912, quote, when the powder and the fort began to give out and it became necessary for someone to run across the open space to secure a new supply, all accounts agree that one of the women in the garrison volunteered for the service returning with the powder in her apron. Based on early accounts, Betty was thought to have been that brave woman. But when Gerter pointed out, an eyewitness account recorded some 67 years later ascribed the heroic deed to Molly Scott and placed the need for the gunpowder in the Zane house. Quote, Beyond stating the conflicting versions of this historic incident, nothing can be added to decide the controversy, Wingartner concluded. The strength of local tradition and the earliest published accounts incline the honor of Betty Zane. A Savvy Surveyor After the revolution ended, Zane continued his involvement in public matters related to his frontier home. In 1788, as one of the 168 delegates to the Virginia Ratifying Convention, he voted in favor of ratification of the U.S. Constitution. He thought a stronger national government would cause a rise in land sales by offering greater protection from Native Americans and by improving transportation, according to Andrew Caton in American National Biography Online from Oxford University Press, 2000. In 1795, Zane wrote to James Madison, then a representative in the U.S. House, to recommend John McIntyre, his son-in-law and business partner, quote, on the subject of opening a land office for the sale of the Western land. By the close of the 18th century, Wheeling was becoming a burgeoning center of both industry and population, thanks in large part to Zane. The town of Wheeling was officially established in 1795, and the county seat was relocated there two years later. In April 1796, Zane was authorized by Congress to build a road connecting Wheeling to Limestone, now Maysville, Kentucky. Zane and Congress believed a major road would encourage more frontier settlement and help boost trade. To build the road, Zane, his brother Jonathan, son-in-law McIntyre, and an American Indian guide often followed existing footpaths. 
When it opened the following year, Zane's Trace was little more than a 230-mile-long primitive path, but it would be the only major road into Ohio until after the War of 1812. Before bridges were built, ferries helped travelers make river crossings. Meanwhile, settlements such as Zanesville, Ohio, named in Ebenezer's honor, as well as taverns and inns sprang up along the road after its completion. The National Road started in 1811 and Route 40, built in 1926, followed some of Zane's Trace. In 2003, the Marietta DAR chapter of Marietta, Ohio, helped fund a Zane's Trace marker in New Concord, Ohio, along U.S. Route 40. I hope you have enjoyed this edition of the Our Patriots podcast and that you'll listen to future installments, each focused on a patriot who helped to win our independence. I also know that you will enjoy reading more about our nation's fascinating history by receiving a subscription to American Spirit magazine. Visit us at dar.org and search for American Spirit. Consider, too, researching your family tree and joining our service organization of dedicated women devoted to promoting historic preservation, education, and patriotism. There's something for everyone in today's DAR. This has been the Our Patriots Podcast, a dynamic duo high five production in association with the Daughters of the American Revolution and Tin Shingle.